Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Hammer, did you see? <laughs> this is total Trump move. Uh, former President Donald Trump walking out of court. Just walked out of court during the middle of uh, closing arguments in the defamation trial involving E. Jean Carroll. Now, he's already paid this woman quite a bit of cash uh, for a previous lawsuit. Well, she sued him civilly. She says that Trump sexually assaulted her uh, years ago at some retail store in a in a dressing room or something like that. I don't believe her at all. But this is a liberal uh, New York, a liberal jury pool. They awarded her, uh, like, what, $5 million, I think? Quite a bit of cash. <laughs> again, in Trump fashion, after the trial was over, he called her a whack job. <laughs> On television. <laughs> she, now she, she's suing him again for defamation for like $12 million. And so closing arguments happening today, and he just got up and walked out of the courtroom. CNN was covering this live because, you know, anything that looks bad for Donald Trump, it's wall-to-wall coverage on. You're never going to find them at the border. You're never going to find them at a grocery store, but you will find them covering Donald Trump wall-to-wall. Listen as their anchor, uh, Kate Baldwin. (laughs) This is how she describes what went down. My control room just got in my ear saying that Donald Trump also just walked out of court in the middle of closing arguments as the prosecution is up first. And before the jury walked in, there's a lot going on. The judge reminded everyone that they have to stay quiet during closings, saying this, quote, there are to be no interruptions by anybody, no audible comments by anybody else. And now Trump, we know, has walked out. Okay, so I'm getting a little more information about what came out, what happened with this walkout. And again, I was saying prosecution. I misspoke. It's plaintiffs. Um, it says, it's uh, from our reporters in the room, it's not clear why Trump left the courtroom. When Trump walked out, Ka- Kaplan was in the middle of telling the jury that Trump did not respect the prior jury verdict, quote, not even for 24 hours. After, uh, this is Roberta Kaplan, by the way, not the judge, um, the plaintiff's attorney who was speaking there. After Trump left, Judge Lewis Kaplan briefly interrupted Roberta Kaplan to say the record will reflect that Mr. Trump just rose and walked out of the courtroom. (laughs) And in my mind, again, there's no video of this, but in my mind, he did it like Roger Dorn in the locker room in Major League where he's fanning a fart on his way out to the door. (laughs) Ah, crap, Harris. (laughs) I'll be in my office. Uh, Wow. So, okay. That's something. It just goes to show what type of trial this is. Again, it's the Animal House trial against the Delta House. It's so one-sided. It's so ridiculous. The judge already had his mind made up. The whole thing is ridiculous. And Donald Trump is treating it like it is with ridiculous behavior. And again, uh, New York trial, probably a lot of Democrats in New York, the, the liberal jury pool. They very well could come back and say, yeah, you owe her another 12 mil. Absolutely. 100%. So, after that little situation in the court, Donald Trump did what Donald Trump does. He went to social media. He jumped on Truth Social. And (laughs) this is... 
President Trump, former President Trump, lashing out at Judge Kaplan Lewis. I'm sorry, Judge Lewis Kaplan, because there are two Kaplans in this trial. Kaplans here. Yeah, there's two Kaplans. The judge is Lewis Kaplan, who's presiding over the second defamation trial. This is from Truth Social. Quote, Judge Kaplan refuses to allow the Anderson Cooper interview on CNN of E. Jean Carroll, wherein Carroll says rape is sexy and numerous other things that totally exonerate me. Now, Nige, if you wouldn't mind, in your god-awful Donald Trump impression, can you read the rest of the statement? Judge Kaplan is refusing (laughs) me my constitutional due process to defend myself against this false accusation. This is a one-sided trial where the other side is allowed everything and we're allowed nothing. He's an extremely abusive individual, the likes of which few have seen before. Well done. Like, that impression is so bad, I love it, and I can't get enough of it. It is really bad, and it's the early... I don't have my soft version of Donald Trump down yet. I just have the the completely loud and unhinged Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it is. Now, that clip in question... That he yeah, referenced so there. So bad and awkward. Oh, man. This was a couple years ago when the first sex assault trial was going on. And Eugene Carroll did a sit down interview with Anderson Cooper. And it was very wild and very bizarre. And listen to how this interview wraps up. Most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think most assault. people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. (laughs) She is a whack job. (laughs) This woman is an absolute 100% whack job. Trump was right. I mean, Anderson Cooper, a consummate professional. Say what you want about his politics, but he's a pro. Unless he's drinking tequila. Well, sure, there, yeah. Ah! Uh, I mean, she threw him off, way off. He did not see rape as sexy. Coming. That wasn't on the uh, bingo card for that interview. And was she trying to hit on Anderson there she at said, the end? I find you interesting. Is that what she said? Or fascinating or something like that? Because, sweetheart, you're barking up the wrong tree. I, <laughs> I got gay. bad news for yeah. you. Yeah. He's not interested. 100%. Uh, speaking oh, wow. of Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, she went on Fox early today. I think this was her first major interview, television appearance since the New Hampshire primary. And she was blasting Donald Trump and she was blasting the RNC and Ronna McDaniel for calling for her to drop out. Ronna McDaniel, the head of the Republican National Committee, on Tuesday night, she said that she thinks you should get out of the race. Have you spoken to her? Um, I let her know how disappointed I was. You know, I mean, let's look at the last 48 hours, Dana. I mean, first of all, you had um, election night. Trump gets on stage. He throws an absolute temper tantrum talking about revenge. But he says nothing about the American people, nothing about what he's going to do about the wasteful spending that he um, encouraged and allowed the Republicans and Democrats to do in his term. He said nothing about how he's going to secure the border and what he's going to do different that he didn't do when he was president before. He said nothing about how he's going to prevent war. Then he goes and says that he's going to ban anyone from MAGA that donates to me. Think about that. That's a president who's supposed to serve every person in America, and you're deciding that you're going to have a club and actually ban people from being in and out of your club. So that was Nikki Haley in her first big interview, television appearance, uh, speaking with Dana Perino on Fox earlier today. Uh, The RNC is supposed to be a sort of a neutral party in this whole thing. 
They, you know, they provide the debates. They do all that stuff. They provide funding for uh, the Republicans in general. They're not supposed to take a side here. And so when you have Ron McDaniel go on television and say, yeah, it's probably time to skedaddle their toots. Um, <laughs> you know, they, Paraphrasing, of course. Yeah. I don't think Rana said toots. <laughs> Now, I could be wrong. Maybe I misremember uh, that television hit, but I don't think the word toots came out of her mouth. Find the clip. Uh, You may have heard in the news earlier, uh, the audio has been released of the 911 call that was made when Jim Ursay had what clearly appeared to be an overdose in his house. It happened at the beginning of December, uh, right? December 8th. And it was Pete Ward, the chief operating officer of the Colts, who called the police around 4.31 a.m., and he was en route to Ursay's house in Carmel. This is a little bit of that 911 call. My name is Pete Ward, W-A-R-D. And Pete, tell me exactly what's happening. Uh, we have a gentleman who's unresponsive. Um, uh, he's breathing, uh, but he's uh, bluish in color. And we believe that he may be having congestive heart failure. All right. Stay on the line with me. I'm going to get some help started to you. Are you with the patient sure. now? I'm almost there. I'm almost at the house. Okay. And how old is the patient? 64 and a half years old. All right. And is he awake? Uh, no. And is he breathing? Yes. Okay. And is his breathing completely normal? Uh, it's labored. And if you remember what the report stated, you know, Ursay was blue, cold to the touch, uh, non-responsive. And when the medics got there, they issued Narcan, which is used to revive a lot of folks who have OD'd. And they were, I guess, minutes away from having to use the shock panels to revive him totally. So the question becomes... If Jim Ursay comes through and has a full recovery, because he's had another illness since then, because this happened on December 8th. He was at the Colt Steelers game yeah. like a week I mean, later. He was, he was there a week later. Yeah. He just then the um, severe respiratory um, infection came. Right? right. If he can't beat that totally, should somebody else be in charge of the Colts? And the rough conversation to have here is... Can you trust Jim Ursay at this point? He's a guy in his 60s. He clearly still has issues with prescription pills and overdoses. Is this somebody you can trust completely? I I just think there's a lot of unanswered questions. That I mean, he I mean, there was no no criminal charges filed. This could have been an accident. We don't have any information um, to that. Um, to that specific effect and and we just there's a lot of questions that go unanswered here and right. they're private they're say, the the cults have said his family said we're done with this we're not talking about this anymore which i do have I, a little just, bit of a I problem mean, with because again as much as i hate to agree with rob kendall on pretty much anything <laughs> rob mm-hmm. makes a great point when you're receiving taxpayer money for the stadium the public wants to know if the guy in charge is okay. We're not saying we need to be next to him in bed holding his hand, but the public, I think, has a right to know, hey, you know, we're paying this money for the stadium. Taxes were raised. Is he going to be all right? And what happens? What's the domino effect if he's not all right? And with his substance abuse issues, 
can he still be the guy right. to run the yeah. Indianapolis Colts? Legitimate questions for sure. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Yeah, my name is Nigel Hammers here. Matt Bear from the WIBC Traffic Department. Also joining us live in studio. He's got a new podcast he's releasing called Supporting Sobriety. I've been hearing about this podcast. I kind of compare it to the Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich uh, back in the day. When <laughs> I kept on seeing commercials for it, but you can never find it anywhere. Is the, is the podcast out yet, sir? It's, it's like the McRib. <laughs> it's going to be a real event when it drops, and then everybody's going to be like, oh, okay. No, it's um, <laughs> No, it's it, it's these things take time, and I and I'm really I understand happy with the people that I'm working with. Ryan Hedrick, our new morning anchor, is the co-host of this podcast. He's an amazing uh, sobriety person and broadcaster. So we're expected, uh, hopefully, here in the next couple of weeks, they'll get released. And two know, more weeks. You sound like a yeah, contractor yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, Put the damn thing out there. Let's go. It was uh, like from the money pit. When is the house done? <laughs> two weeks. You know, two more yeah, weeks. Tom Hanks's character. Two it's weeks. not his decision, though. Yeah. With, with oh, Matt podcast. Fauci over here. Tell me to wait another two weeks. <laughs> Don't listen without a mask. <laughs> no, People, it's, it's and cool. you've got now a, uh, a Twitter handle called uh, at supporting sober. At supporting sober. The, the podcast. We is, were your first followers. Uh, yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We oh, encourage really everybody cool. listening right now yeah. to follow that page. At, Let's help Matt out a little bit here. At supporting sober. Thank you, everybody. No, yeah, that's going to be where we put the episodes and links to the episodes and a lot of helpful information about recovery. Remember the podcast isn't so much for people like me alcoholics <laughs> in recovery yeah. it's more for uh people like everybody else the people that that people like me torture uh, right. when we're using uh, the the heroes the loved ones that help us back into recovery this is uh ryan and i's way of you know making that living amends not just staying sober but giving back and helping and, now and you mentioned help. this yeah. twitter account here at supporting sober which we've tweeted it out there so others can find it and hopefully follow you as well that's not the only place where you're going to be able to find this podcast that you're doing. This is going to be also on WIBC's website because I know not everybody is on Twitter sure. or social media, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to share it on Facebook and we're going to have Instagram and um, also, yeah, WIBC.com. Can I buy it on cassette tape? Uh, yes, you can buy it on Real to Real. <laughs> Play it in your car. It's it's a lot of fun. And uh, you can get it anywhere you, you can basically think of being able to get it when it's all said and done. So that'll happen in a couple of weeks and I'll be really loud about it and telling people and then I'm going to go hide in a corner because my name's on it. <laughs> oh, you know, it's yeah, going to be great. Kind of thing, you know, it's not. We're blessed. It, it, Ryan and I were having a blast. And we have so many good people working with us and people seem interested in, and we're incredibly blessed about that. So it's, it's a humbling experience. It requires some patience and it's uncomfortable because it's new and it is something you're creating. Everybody knows about that. And you you're know? speaking from the heart because yes. again, for somebody listening, maybe for the first time, you've been very open about your battles with addiction and this 
podcast, along with Ryan from the newsroom, who's had similar battles, uh, is designed to help people. And that's that's what we're doing. I mean, this week's, I, I say this week's episode, our, our latest episode that we're working on tomorrow, we're talking about, you know, the different stigmas around people in recovery, you know, the disease versus a, a true a chosen behavior, that, that, that type of, you know, that argument. There, there's a lot of people out there to no fault of their own that still believe it's not a disease. So we, we want to talk to them. And that's what we do. We're not here to browbeat anybody or lecture anybody. We talk about our experiences and, and that's where our thoughts come from. And then we say, this is what happened to us. This might be able to help you and give people options. Understanding is what we're doing. Yeah. So I want to get your perspective on the Jim Ursay conversation. Sure. Because very few people I think can weigh in who not only are Colts fans, but come from a place of addiction. There are a lot of people that feel like Jim Ursay, whether he's a recovering addict or possibly still an addict, is not in condition to run an NFL franchise. I want to get your thoughts, Matt. Well, a lot of it has to do... Well, first off, I love Jim Mercy, and, and I have since I was a kid, the person, the family, and, and the franchise. I really do. And I, I don't know him, but I do feel that personal vibe you get when he he's He does so life. much for yeah, the he, community. He does. He, there's a lot of haters, down. a lot of critics of Jim Mercy, but he does a lot for the community. Yeah, and when we are in the camp of loving Jim Mercy, my, my thing that I, I can't get past on this whole part, and there's several layers too, but the one that I always stick on, maybe that's not the place I should be, is when he said that he was arrested with those pills and he was arrested because he was a rich white billionaire in Carmel. And I had a real problem with that. Uh, Not necessarily Carmel, white race, whatever else, but the fact that it seemed like you're advocating responsibility when you say mm. things like that. And and that's the problem that I have in my recovery. As soon as I start saying that, well, I had a bad day, it's Nigel's fault. I had a bad day, screw hammer. You know, I mean, that's that's me saying I'm not responsible for myself or for what happened to me. Now, maybe it was. Maybe the whole thing was a wash. I don't know. I don't know Carmel legalities. But it's hard for me to believe that a rich billionaire up in Carmel is going to get pulled over just for being pulled over. And by the way, on a secondary note, we don't know what happened inside that house. We don't know if he accidentally mixed prescriptions that weren't supposed to be mixed. We don't know if he was doing it on purpose. He was seen the next week at the the Colts game. So so we really don't know what happened, and the Colts aren't making any more comments. Everything that we've said on the air came from a police report. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what we're basing everything off of. Uh, Matt, one more time. Uh, We're up against a break here. Any idea of when this podcast may start and uh, tell us about, you know, what the podcast is about? Okay, it's it's Supporting Sobriety Podcast. And again, it's going to be out in the week, next week or two. That I'm pretty sure. You know, anything can happen, but this is what we've been targeting. It's about this area. It just needs to get a couple more technicality to get. Again, what we're, we're talking to the people behind the people, uh, the people behind the alcoholics and the addicts. And, and we do tell stories and we do get into a lot of that because we think it helps. But this is for you guys. This is for you guys who help us out, the alcoholics and the addicts. We address some of the concerns, some of the stigmas, some of the telltale signs. I don't know if you guys remember me. I could not keep my hands from shaking unless I held on to a countertop. That's how bad it was when I didn't drink. I would go into the DTs at work. I I would start to see uh, tracers and elusive. Those are the types of experiences we want to get on to other people to be like, hey, these are the signs you may have somebody that needs some help 
hope right now. Those are the kinds of things we want to talk about and we aren't talking about on supporting sobriety. Can't wait to get it out to you guys. It's good. It's going to it's going to help somebody. I really believe that. At supporting sober on Twitter. Matt, you're the best. Thanks, buddy. Love you. Hang in there. God bless, guys. Love you. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hello, my name is Nigel. Let's hammer over there with a special guest on the hotline. Tommy Bigot is the RNC Strategic Communications Director. You can see some of his work on the popular handle at RNC Research. All right, Tommy, we understand when we speak to members of the RNC, we get the drill. You're not really allowed to talk about specific candidates. Uh, that's, you know, part of your job title. But... The boss lady, Ronna McDaniel, comes out this week and basically says it's time for Nikki Haley to step aside. I want to get your thoughts on that. And what was it like inside the RNC when you heard that? Well, look, I think to echo the words of our chair, it's important to have an honest conversation about paths forward based off of time spent, resources spent. I mean, look at Ron DeSantis in Iowa, for example. He spent a lot of time in Iowa, a lot of resources and after those results came in, he had an honest conversation and, and, and thought through what his path forward would be, and he decided to drop out and endorse uh, President Trump. So I think it's important to have that honest conversation. It's important to look forward. Ultimately, our North Star is unity. Our North Star is beating Joe Biden. That's where our focus is. That's where our attention is. And we need to come together as Republicans to beat Joe Biden, because if we don't win in November, we can't govern. And if we can't govern, we can't put this country back on the right track. Well, I tell you what, Tommy, I mean, looking at some of these polls, speaking of Joe Biden, his, you know, third year job approval average worst since Jimmy Carter. Looking at another poll here that, that, you know, finds Biden's approval rating underwater by 30 points. I mean, look, (laughs) whoever the candidate's going to be running against Joe Biden, I I mean, Americans are noticing that he is pretty much a disaster. They are. I mean, that's why his entire campaign strategy is rested upon making Americans afraid yes. and smearing his political opponents, which just goes to show how far he has fallen from this candidate that promised to bring the country together. It's the exact opposite. He is smearing parents. He's smearing pro-life Americans. He's smearing Americans that want a secure border, which is more and more the vast majority of America. But he is designed and designing his campaign to really attack Americans, to divide Americans. And then the second part of his campaign strategy is to hide, to hide as much as humanly possible, to not talk to voters, to go out in public as little as possible, because he is a complete disaster. His agenda is a complete disaster, and it's a complete disaster when he goes out in public. Uh, So that's his campaign strategy. But the American people are living through the disaster that is the Biden administration every single day when they go to the grocery store, go to the gas uh, station. Uh, They're living this disaster every single day. And so they don't want four more years of it. And you're so right. He's a disaster when he goes out in public. We've been talking about that just this week because Joe Biden's actually been out and about, not just hiding in his basement. And every time he steps to a microphone, he either speaks gibberish, he mumbles, uh, he can't find his way off the stage. But yet you turn on the national news outlets, whether it's Joe Scarborough on MSNBC, uh, the Good Time Party Boys over at CNN, the angle they're trying to take is that, well, Donald Trump is just as much in cognitive decline. Like, are you seeing that argument trying to be made by folks on the left right now? To a degree, yeah. I mean, but it's it's not 
sticking with the American people. I mean, the left is desperate to try to distract from the fact that Joe Biden's not up for the job. The fact that the vast majority of Americans know he's not up for the job, including Democrats, which is why Democrats don't want him to be their nominee. It's evident how much of a disaster Joe Biden is just based off of Biden's own campaign memos. The campaign is out here advertising the fact that they wanted Joe Biden to have more spontaneous moments. They wanted him to be off the cuff. They wanted him to go out and talk to people out on the street. Uh, and the reason why they wanted him to do that was because his speeches were a disaster. So they first planned these events during the weekend of the Iowa caucus for him to go out there and talk to a few voters, go to a small business. And it was a complete disaster. He got lost wandering through the store, had no idea where he was going. So then they decided to go back to giving speeches again. But the problem for him is that when he gives a speech, he gets heckled off the stage even by Democrats. So there is no way for them to present Joe Biden that's effective because he's not up for the job. He is one of the least effective communicators in modern political history, uh, and it's only getting worse. I mean, Joe Biden is not up for it. It's clear from the fact that they're trying to hide him as much as possible. They're going to try to keep searching for solutions, but the problem for them is that there really aren't any. And I just saw this today. It's not going to get any attention from the media, but he put a stop to expanded gas exports um and that is to placate the climate cultists that are uh, his base and big donors i mean just huge huge donors like the sierra club and places like that like he is one of the worst guys just in terms of energy output and production in this country i mean from day one he signed executive actions um you know really putting the chains on how well we export and, and produce our own energy yeah, that's exactly right. And he's continuing to do that every single day. And I think one of the interesting parts, especially about this rule, is that it shows that Joe Biden's actually not anti-energy. He's just anti-American energy. He's perfectly fine with Venezuela producing energy, with Russia producing yep. energy, with China dominating certain parts of energy, making us reliant on China in terms of when it comes to electric vehicle supply chain. He is perfectly fine with that. He just wants to attack American energy. And what is so terrible about this most recent decision is that you're exactly right. It's going to hurt our energy production, raising prices, hurting our economy. But it also undermines our national security because it makes the Europeans more dependent on Russian natural gas. And it also hurts the environment because guess who produces natural gas dirtier, dirtier than America does? Russia. America produces it the best possible way you can. And on top of it all, natural gas replaces forms of energy that are worse for the environment. So the more natural gas you export, the better the environment is. Hey, he so not only is he hurting prices, he's hurting the environment and our national security. Chatting with Tommy Piggott. He is the RNC Strategic Communications Director, joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, Tommy, shifting to the border here, uh, we've seen what Texas is doing, right? Governor Abbott is defying the Supreme Court's uh, decision that they can't support themselves. And the domino effect from that is you're seeing a lot of other Republican states coming to the aid of Texas, saying, let us know what you need. We support you. I want to get your opinion on what you're seeing in Texas. And two, I know the RNC has like a legal law uh, faction that's inside uh, your building. Is there any chatter inside the RNC about anything you can do with Texas? Well, ultimately, our legal department is focused on election integrity. That's where our resources are. That's where we okay. keep our resources focused. Uh, when it comes to Texas, the Republican Party stands with Texas because Americans want and deserve a secure border. This is ultimately uh, a, a disagreement or a conflict between the American people and Joe Biden. The American people want a secure border. The American people don't want cartels having operational control of our border. If Joe Biden spent half the time actually securing the border instead of attacking 
Republicans, this crisis would be solved. So Joe Biden has a clear option here in front of him. He has a clear alternative to this current path he's on, and that is to actually enforce our laws, which should not be a controversial thing to say. It's only controversial because Joe Biden has decided that he does not believe in the laws of the United States. He's not going to enforce border laws, and he's going to create the worst crisis in U.S. history. So he should be reverting his poli- reversing his policies, enforcing our laws, instead of going after Republicans for actually wanting to secure the border and defend American national security. Tommy Bigot, catch his work at RNC Research. He is the RNC Strategic Communications Director. Tommy, great conversation. We'll talk again next Friday. Hey, thanks for having me on. You got it. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. All right. Oh, no. It's about <laughs> to go down. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nigel is here. Hello. Allison is our producer. Matt Bears in the traffic center. Harrison Silcox is our news anchor. And caller number nine was Jim. Jim, Jim. welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine. I'm ready to sing. Let's do it. All right. Do you know songs from the Doobies and Steve Winwood? I do know songs from, from the Doobie Brothers. Yes, I do. Okay. So I'm going to make this as easy as I can. These are popular songs that I am going to sing. I'm going to stop at a certain point. Jim, you get the next line right or just come close. We'll give it to you. You got to get two out of three, okay? Yes, sir. All right. All right. Let's Here we go. Uh, sing along with me. <laughs> number one. Oh, here we go. Oh, boy. I'd like to hear some funky Dixieland. Pretty mama, come and take me by the hand. By the hand, come take me by the hand. Pretty mama, come and dance with your daddy. All night long, mama gonna take me by the hand. I I like it. I like it. (laughs) Me too. One down. We got two to go. Now, this concert is Doobie Brothers and Steve Winwood. This is happening August 17th at Ruoff. So this song is a little uh, classic Steve Winwood from back in the day. Are you ready? Let's go. I will try. so good everything is getting higher you better take some time off cause the place is on fire better stop baby cause i've so much to do we made it baby and it happened to you and i'm so glad we made it so glad we made it come on give me some love yeah there we go 
to the music gym. You're going to hear the music live August 17th at Ruah. What do we got? Two minutes here, Allison. Can we do it again just for the hell of it? We've got more songs. We got one left. You want to see if you can just, you know, yeah. play for house money here? Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's do it. Number three. Need is a way to make them smile. It ain't so hard to do if you know how. God, get a message. Get it on through. <laughs> oh, here we go. Everybody, help me out one time. Oh, listen to the music. Whoa, listen to the music. Whoa, listen to the music. Jim. All the time. My man. That is how you sing along with me. And damn it, you sounded a lot better than I did. Congratulations, Jim. Stay on the line. Allison will uh, take care of you. Man, sorry to butcher your favorite songs from the Doobie Brothers and Steve Winwood you know, have there. To, maybe next time you do this, drink some tea and honey before you go on. <laughs> maybe do la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. I think I might have to go take a little uh, shot of some Jameson or something in the back Ooh, yeah, to get my throat ready. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it is Beer Sample Friday here at the Hammer and Nigel Show. We will officially kickstart the weekend coming up in just a little bit. I'm Jason Hammer. That's Big Nige. Hey and let's check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss it's stealing Joe, Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. Take a test where you're taking cocaine. Oh, man, you ain't black. So, Nige, you were talking about these new poll numbers about Joe Biden a little bit earlier. Now, listen, I got to be honest. I'm not a huge poll guy, especially national polls. I'm a state's poll guy. I think they matter more than anything. But when they all say the same yes. thing, yes. that's where you got to start paying attention. They're all very common. I mean, they all have something in common. Joe Biden is doing horrible. A Pew Research poll found that President Joe Biden's approval rating... He's underwater by 30 points. Oh, I'm sorry. Did did you say three? 30. 30. Three, zero. Sorry, I'm choking on my own spit over here. <laughs> 30 points. I mean, they all say the same thing. Um, he, he's the worst third-year president since uh, Jimmy Carter. I mean, it, it just th- those are how bad the approval ratings are. Hat tip to Jimmy Carter. He yeah. lives long enough to find somebody that sucks yeah. more than he does. <laughs> And listen, I'm not trying to be negative against Jimmy. He's done a lot more for society out of the presidency than he did during the presidency. But I don't think I ever saw Jimmy Carter shaking hands with the air. (laughs) I don't think I ever saw Jimmy Carter uh, falling down the stairs, not once, not twice, but multiple times, falling up, falling down. I bet Jimmy Carter fell off his bike in front of the press. Not that I remember. Okay, maybe not. Maybe there wasn't as much media back then, but boy, uh, according to the survey of over 5,000 Americans conducted between January 16th and the 21st, 65% of the country disapproves Joe Biden's performance in office, while just 33% say they approve. So my question is, who are these 33%? Who wakes up in the morning and says, Things are going fantastic. Um, I tell you who they are. They're the people that 
that say, well, at least it's not Don- Donald Trump in charge. Those are those are who they are. At least it's not Donald Trump. At least we don't have mean tweets anymore. These 33%, I promise you, they wear a mask in their car when they're alone. <laughs> That's who these 33% are. They're wearing a mask in their car when they're by themselves, Dude, and I, they wake up in the morning, they're scared that there may be another insurrection. Are you? I still see it sometimes. Very rarely on occasion, but I saw it this week, pretty sure, going uh, southbound on uh, 65, headed into work. I never understood the alone thing. Like, if you want to wear a mask in the grocery store, on the plane, wherever, that's your prerogative. I don't want it to be required. Healthy people should not do that. But if you are the type of person that feels like a tightly fitted N95 mask helps you, Godspeed. But in your car by yourself, you cannot make sense of that. Very strange. At all. Uh, according to uh, this poll, 44% of Americans not only disapprove, but strongly disapprove <laughs> of Joe Biden. And his numbers with key Democrat demos are very poor. Now, if you're Joe Biden, this is the part that stings the most. Your number with key Democrat demos. Biden's numbers with women, 33% approve, 65% disapprove. They're the exact same numbers as his numbers with the general public. He does even worse with voters between the ages of 18 and 29. 71% disapprove. Well, I mean, look, that's one of the reasons why he stopped the approval of new licenses to export U.S. liquefied natural gas. He's stopping the export of uh, LNG to placate his very young, crazy climate cultist base. His approval number with Hispanics is 32%, while 65% disapprove. And with black voters, which is normally very high with the Democratic Party, 48% approve, 49% disapprove. Well, those 49% really aren't black then. That's true. According to Joe Biden. According to Joe Biden, that 49%. They're not black. You ain't black. So Biden, to his credit... He has been out on the campaign trail. I don't know if they gave him a shot, if they gave him some cocaine, whatever it is. <laughs> the old man's been out there uh, talking to the masses. Uh, Mr. President, before you go out to the podium, here's a little, uh, here's a little, uh, a mirror and a straw. <laughs> You're just going to go like this. I'm telling you. That may have been his cocaine in the White House. We all think it was Hunter's. It makes sense. But don't sleep on the fact that could have been Joe Biden's blow. Uh, he had a speech in Wisconsin yesterday, and he spoke at a brewery. So, Joe Biden at this speech claims that he brought the deficit down by $7 billion. That's clearly a lie. The deficit is substantially higher than anything uh, that he's done in office. He has added to the deficit. He's not brought it down by $7 billion. Where are these fact checkers at? Like, Donald Trump oh, could go to the bathroom, wipe his butt, and come out of the bathroom, and Chris Sazilla of CNN is ready to fact check him. <laughs> but he goes up to Wisconsin and says he's cut the deficit by $7 billion bucks, and it's crickets. I mean, literally, Rachel Maddow broke into Donald Trump's victory speech in New Hampshire and let everybody know, hey, just so you know, Donald J- Trump just said he won three primaries here in New Hampshire. He only won two. Like, that was literally, uh, I mean, instant fact-checking right there. Biden constantly lies. 
constantly repeats stories that that aren't true in his private life, in his personal life, in his past that have no no truth uh, to them whatsoever. He was doing a victory lap on prices up in Milwaukee too, <laughs> uh, Wisconsin rather. Um, he said costs were down. And this is the same trick that we see Joe Hogsett do with like the homicide numbers. Just because it's not at the record level that you were responsible for previously, you don't get to do a victory lap. It's still substantially higher than when your predecessor yeah. was in office. Yeah, and they're not coming back down ever. At least not under this current plan and this administration. And then Nige being in Wisconsin Joe Biden started to talk about beer. Of course. So, with that being said, let's now hear from the gibberish man. <laughs> and now, time for another conversation with gibberish man. He's the gibberish man. He's the gibberish man. He talks in gibberish, gibberish man. Oh, you can't understand the gibberish man because he talks in gibberish, gibberish man. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome gibberish man. Beer brewed here. It is used to make the brew beer. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lake. No, you can't understand the gibberish man because he talks in gibberish, gibberish man. Was that edited in any way, shape, or form? None. Zero. Zilch. That was 100% pure Joe Biden. Now, I've got the transcript here. Again, the White House is. Very good at providing transcripts of his speeches. Allison, please read the transcript uh, from Joe Biden speaking about beer in Wisconsin. Beer brew here. Uh, it's, a, it's a brew beer here. It's a refining. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lake. <laughs> oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lake is my favorite part about that. Can I hear just that isolated, please, just one time oh, before you read along with them? Man. Just I want to hear, ooh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lake. Beer brewed here. It is used to make the brew beer. Ooh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lake. <laughs> He's the president of the United oh. States, Nige. <laughs> is he really? Well, he acts like it. He's the suit. Oh, I'm not even going to try to dissect or try to twist myself into a pretzel and interpret what he was saying there. It's impossible. Ooh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lake. <laughs> All right, Allison, this is your challenge. This may be the most difficult one yet. I think it might. I want you to read along with okay. Joe Biden. Beer, beer brewed here. here. Uh, it's, it is uh, used to make, used to make beer, beer brewed beer. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, oh Earth Rider. Thanks for the Great Lake. Lake. How about Allison, ladies and gentlemen? There she is. Like a damn boss lady. There oh, you go. Oh, Earth Rider. Oh, Earth Rider. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Nigel presents is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is yeah. Is this anything? Alright, let's rock and roll Yeah, how do we play? Is this anything? I will run a couple different stories by you You will be the one that breaks down all of the information Is the story in question anything or not? And we start with this A California lawmaker is trying to pass a bill through the California State House that would force all new vehicles to have a speed governor on it so they can't go more than 10 miles per hour over the speed limit. Here is California State Senator Scott Weiner talking about his plan. They will require cars and trucks that are manufactured or sold in California to contain what we call speed governors or speed limiters that physically prevent the vehicle from traveling more than 10 miles an hour above the speed limit. It'll still be illegal to go above the speed limit, of course, but it will be physically impossible to make the car go more than 10 miles an hour uh, over the speed limit. Wow. I, my question is, what if there's an emergency? What if you have uh, uh, a kid that just broke his arm and you're rushing him to the hospital? I uh, can't go for 10. You can't rush him to the hospital. What, what, what if you have any sort of uh, these Democrats are just infuriating. I, forget about uh, like they're takers. They're subduers. Democrats are restrictors. They, they want to take your gas stoves. They want to take more of your money. They, they want to take your gas-powered vehicles. And now they want to take your way, your ability to go a little bit over the speed limit. They're and really good at solving if, problems that don't exist. Yeah, exactly. Scott Weiner. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, I, Mr. Weiner. I believe he goes by Weiner. Yeah, okay. It's like yeah. Joe Dierte. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's any numbers of scenarios I can think up of in my head where it might be necessary to drive past the speed limit. You're right. I, I mean, there's. I mean, take your pick. And it's living in California, maybe you're trying to escape uh, one of these lunatics that are out on the streets, hopped up on fentanyl, yeah. using drugs in the street, defecating on your sidewalk, depending on where you live in California. If you live in San Francisco, there may be times where you need to get away. If you live in L.A., there may be times you need to get away. I mean, okay, I mean take it from California. I mean, this is a state that wants to end all manufacturing of new gas-powered vehicles by a certain date. If you put your ear up to the radio, you can actually hear people leaving California. Like, this is the crap why. Now, I don't think this is ever going to become the law in California, because I got news for you. Democrats speed too. (laughs) But the fact that this dude of all the problems that California faces, feels like this is such yeah. an existential threat to the people of California. He's going to try to move forward with this legislation. This is the kind of crap people are tired of. And this is why they're moving to Texas. They're moving to Florida. Uh, they're moving to other states. Now, the problem those same people make, they vote the same way. Yeah. 
I mean, that's never made sense to me. Like, if you're somebody that has fled New York or California because you don't like the oppressive policies, you don't like the COVID policies or the cost of living, why would you go to a red state and vote for the same crap that you fled from? (laughs) Never understood that. Is this anything? A Pennsylvania man getting praise after he found a man's wallet on his train drove over 50 miles out of his way on his birthday and anonymously returned it. With the help of Fox 29 in Philadelphia, this guy was able to find Richard Murray Day Mm -hmm. so he could properly thank him. Here is audio from the Ring doorbell camera as he returned the wallet and both men talking about the experience. I found your wallet. I'm returning it. Found it on my train. What he did was pretty spectacular. What he had in there, I know he would really need it. And I wasn't looking for anything in return. I did what was in my heart. I think he's a great guy, and we're going we're gonna to keep up this friendship. He's a great guy. Look at him. Now, <laughs> I, 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 this is nothing. I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. Ask, ask me. Hey, Nigel, if you found some guy's wallet on a train, would you drive 50 miles to return it to him? Nigel, if you found some guy's wallet on a train, would you drive 50 miles to return it? (laughs) 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 Now, I might put it in the mail. Okay. I mean, I'm assuming his driver's license with his address was in it. That's probably the right thing to do. I would probably take the time to put it in the mail but if, if i'm like walking along like the real trail in zionsville and i find a wallet and i open it up and i see that it's a person that lives you know like a mile away from me or in the na- next neighborhood over maybe maybe i'd turn it in i'd, I'd take it to them but more but, likely but more likely i yeah, I remember I did that. I found some guy's driver's license on the side of the rail trail one day when I was when I was walking, and uh, I mailed it to him. Oh, see, you're not such a horrible person after all. But it all. still took effort. It still took, <laughs> I, I, I had to go home, and I didn't have any stamps, and I had to go to the grocery to buy stamps, and then I then I you know I didn't have any envelopes, so I had to buy envelopes. It took some effort to return this guy's. Is it still license. considered a good deed if? He had money in his wallet, and you took that money to buy the stamps to return his wallet. <laughs> Is that still considered being, you know, a good, uh, you know, person? Yeah, you, because you're if you're mailing a wallet to a guy that lives fifty miles away, that's that's going to be expensive. That's, right. That's at least a couple bucks in stamps. Right. And I don't think it's asking too no, much I'm for the other my, guy to pay for it. Yeah. I'm and t- I think he would agree to that. Yeah. Like if I lost my wallet somewhere and I had cash in my wallet, which I rarely do, but if I had cash in there, I'd be okay if somebody used that to mail it back yes. to me. <laughs> Absolutely. One hundred percent. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Nigel Hammers right over there with a special guest on the hotline. The president of the Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 86, is Rick Snyder. He joins us. Rick, I do want to talk about the crime numbers in Indy for January. I want to talk about how it's been a rough month for law enforcement taking you know fire from uh, offenders. But I want to start 
with something that really bothered me yesterday. And I opened up the show with this yesterday. I'm having a hard time with the fact that the death penalty has been taken off the table for the killer of IMPD officer Brianne Leith. There's a law in Indiana that states if someone is insane, they cannot be executed. And it only takes one examiner to look at somebody, say they're insane, for that to be taken off the table. I'm having a real hard time with this because I don't believe the shooter was insane. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, well, just to clarify, um, I think the decision was focused and based on the the status and the term of mentally ill. Uh, this wasn't a determination on insanity. That has been a claim that has been raised, but there's still been no determination based upon that. Listen, guys, I mean, it's obviously it's a it's a, frusti- a very frustrating uh, step in the process, um, not only for our officers and their families, but for the Lee family. And uh, guys, I got to say the, the same frustration you just uh, shared is what we've been hearing from residents, not only in Indianapolis, but throughout the state of Indiana. There's there's just a lot of questions that still uh, remain around the decision. You know, the decision was made uh, by the uh, Marion County Prosecutor, Ryan Mears, the decision that he uh, has to stand by. Uh, but the, our question was, we, we were just looking for a little bit more information as to what the basis was, the rationale. We've been focused on questions revolving around the process. And, and just as importantly, the timing of the decision. Remember, guys, this is scheduled to go to trial in just a couple of weeks, beginning on Monday, February the 12th. And um, we were just curious if there were any efforts to contest the findings by the court experts. Uh, that wasn't included in the uh, public release that was made by the prosecutor. So in the meantime, we're going to be focused on the family. We stand by Bree's son, uh, her mom, her dad, and her sisters. And uh, we've been doing that ever since. April 9th, 2020. Guys, that we're four years waiting for justice in this case, and uh, we're now focused on full accountability uh, for the criminal charges of murder, criminal confinement, and battery on Bree. Remember, she was shot two times in the head, guys, mm-hmm. and uh, she was one of two people that were shot in that incident. And uh, her sacrifice was captured in that majestic tribute. You and your listeners will remember that uh, we held at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, that was uh, fitting for her and her sacrifice. Uh, But we're going to stand with her, and we encourage everybody else in our community to continue to uh, be like Bree. You know, Rick, what what worries me is if they are using the mentally ill excuse to get him out of the death penalty, what else are they going to try to get him out of, and will the prosecutor go along with it does that worry you at all well i you know i i fully encourage any defendant uh, in criminal court to proceed with a robust defense uh, that's part of our process however i would say this we also expect the prosecutor on behalf of the state of indiana yeah that's what i'm worried about forward with a robust prosecution as well especially when it revolves around an alleged cop killer listen remember Bree wasn't killed for who she was. She was killed for what she represents. And that is the law of the state of Indiana. And an attack on an officer is an attack on all of us. And that's the salient point here. And listen, out of this tragedy came things like the Leith Initiative, where in in honor of Bree, the federal uh, prosecutor's office has moved forward with launching a robust prosecution 
of uh, domestic uh, violence abusers who are arrested and charged for committing crimes with guns. So every one of those who go to prison do so under Bree's name and her memory, and most importantly, her sacrifice. Rick, last thing on this, and then we'll move on to some other things. I was just, I was thinking about this a lot. Put yourself in the position of Bree's family here. You've got this vibrant, beautiful young lady committed to serving her community, a daughter, a mother. Um, she was, you know, the recipient of multiple awards for community service, and she's taken too soon in a violent attack. It's been almost four years. And the poor family, they're still getting bad news after bad news because they wanted the death penalty. Has the system and has the state of Indiana so far let down the family of Breanne Leaf? I think the ultimate question will come and the ultimate verdict that is uh, received uh, at the conclusion of the process. But I would say this, guys, what you're uh, acknowledging is the literal, literal hell that our families of our officers walk through uh, when officers' lives have been taken by criminal offenders. And most importantly, it's the daily hell that our families go through, um, recognizing the risk that their officers are taking and simply stepping forward as women and men to serve their fellow neighbors and and provide protection for them at the risk of their own lives. So that's why we lift up the families of our officers on a daily basis. And I would just add this guy is a man of faith. It's why we have to have faith through this process. Uh, I mean, I know the Leaf family are strong folks of faith and, uh, we continue to stand by them and stand in prayer with them as well. Rick, you talk about, you know, acts of violence against law enforcement, which that's what it was with uh, the late officer Brianne Leith. January has been a rough month of attacks against law enforcement. What are you seeing? Well, I think it's completely in line with the surging attacks that we've seen on officers here, near and far, right here in Indianapolis. Uh, last year, we had multiple attacks on our law enforcement officers. Of those multiple attacks or threats of deadly force against those officers, um, 18 of those incidents re- resulted in our officers having to discharge their weapons to pr- protect their lives or the lives of someone else. Now, what's interesting to note is that was a high number, which ought to tell you something that out of the countless interactions our officers have, that was a high number. But in that, Uh, Those attacks continue into 2024. We saw that just last night with another attack on uh, law enforcement officers who were out there serving their community. They were taking proactive steps and doing what we're asking them to do. Think about all the junk going on, guys, in our city, our county, the revolving door of criminal justice. The deck is literally stacked against our officers. Oftentimes they're 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 fighting and and standing this line with their hands tied behind their backs by the system, yeah. and yet they faithfully go out there and do this day in and day out. And and yet you still have local anti-police advocates and national activists that keep parroting the same kind of talking points around our country and right here in Indianapolis, talking about this outrageous quote unquote number of police action shootings last year in our city. But here's the facts, guys: we had 18 police action shootings. Out of 680,000 police citizen contacts and interactions, to put that in perspective, uh, while we never want to have one police action shooting, those were only 0.0026% of all the interactions our officers are up against. It literally is three one thousandths of a percent 
of a negative outcome like that. But those officers were doing that to save their lives and the lives of others. So we have media outlets that have also across the country been refusing to counter the points of these activists and their bogus claims by not counterbalancing that with the also record levels of attacks on our officers. 378 officers shot in the line of duty just last year. That's an officer every 23 hours, guys. And and last thing before we let you go here, uh, Rick Snyder, president of the FOP here in Indy. I, I, I have to expect that a police action shooting that results in the death of a suspect takes a toll mentally on the police officer. I mean, forget about the fact that we have an administration that likes to go after police officers and police after action shootings, but what does that mentally do to a police officer that that ultimately has to take another life if it's if it come, you know, protecting himself and or another citizen? Well, it has drastic effects on their body, their mind, and their spirit. And we're operating in a very violent environment already this year and in, in, in 26 days of this new year. We've had 66 people shot or stabbed and 15 homicides. That's a person shot or stabbed every nine hours and a person killed every one and a half days, guys. That's the environment they're operating within. Now, we have a new chief of police, Chris Bailey. He was uh, speaking from the scene of this latest incident last night where three officers were fired upon and could have lost their lives. And he made a salient point in that. He said that we have to put down the guns and that if people do not uh, agree with what officers are doing, the street is not the place to litigate that. That's a a very strong point that needs to be made. It's what we say, uh, just comply and don't die. That's not the place to have the fight. And you had a side-by-side comparison, a male who is actively shooting at police officers, they're forced to respond with um, defending their lives with their weapons. A female literally right next to this male suspect suspect who fully complied she's taken into custody without incident that's the side-by-side comparison of what's possible here and guys it leaves us with this final thing today's the anniversary of the line of duty death of officer david moore who tragically was killed in the line of duty in 2011 12 years ago dave was a friend of mine he's one of the best police officers i've ever known he was the best amongst us and what that those incidents show our officers that if something like that can happen to a stellar cop like Dave, it can happen to any of us. But what we know is this, is that our officers are willing to do that day in and day out. They was shot four times, and he heroically gave his organs in his death and saved multiple lives. And what I know is this, is that while all of this is tragic, no one wants to have to have these encounters. One thing I know is that while our officers are willing to lay down their lives, they're not willing to lay down their rights to protect themselves and others. And they're going to continue to faithfully stand the line in honor of our sisters and brothers like Breanne Leith and David Moore and countless others. We will not give up on you, Indianapolis. Do not give up on us. Rick Snyder is the president of the Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 86, here in Indiana. Rick, as always, we appreciate your time. God bless. Stay safe and tell your officers they got a lot of support out there. Thank you, guys. God bless you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Donald Trump. <laughs> wow. The jury uh, came back pretty quick in that defamation trial involving Donald Trump and E. Jean Carroll. Trump has got to pay $83.3 million. Whoa. Because Holy he, be, smokes. Because he called E. Jean Carroll a whack job. So this was the woman that he had already been found guilty of sexually assaulting. Well, in a civil trial. In a civil trial. He and denies it. he since went out on some interview, called her a whack job. Her team filed a defamation suit against Donald Trump. And this whole hearing Donald Trump has argued has been just a biased Mickey Mouse production. He walked out of the hearing earlier today because he thought it was unfair. He wasn't allowed to submit some evidence on his behalf. And now he has to pay $83.3 million. 65 of that is punitive. $65 million in punitive damages. Punitive damages, that, like that's meant to actually, that's the punishment for the defendant. And... And punitive damages kind of deter them from repeating or doing it again. Compensatory damages, by the way, are also a part of this, and that's to make E. Jean Carroll whole again, covering her medical expenses, lost wages, and other finances. All because Trump, I, he, he's denied it from day one. Doesn't, right. even, doesn't even know her. And the allegations, it's, we don't have time to get into them now, are just... It's so crazy, and it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And you have a, a liberal Manhattan uh, jury, you know, drawing from a, a mostly Democratic jury pool there in New York City. A very and, anti-Trump judge. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And this is the result. $83.3 million. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up here in just a little bit. Real quick, uh, congratulations, Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers. He will be a starter in the All-Star oh, cool. game when it comes here to Indy in a little bit less than a month from now. That was announced last night. My betting picks are online, Facebook, Twitter, and WIBC.com. Top stories next. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Hello, my name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer. Let's not waste any time. Let's get into some legal stuff. Crime. Punishment. Judges. Legal stuff. Hammer, the number is $83.3 million. $83.3 million. That's a big number. That's a big number for Donald Trump to pay E. Jean Carroll in this defamation 
lawsuit. Already owed her like five million because she sued him civilly for an alleged sexual assault encounter with Donald Trump several years ago. Um, since that verdict, Donald Trump has gone on to deny that he's ever done it, called her a whack job. And for that sin, he owes her another $83.3 million. 65 of which punitive. Now, this was in New York. Uh, this was the trial, the defamation trial happening in New York, where earlier today, the Trump team was visibly upset. They weren't allowed to enter some evidence into their defense. Right. They wanted to enter in the video that was the bizarre interview between E. Jean Carroll and Anderson Cooper, where E. Jean Carroll said that rape was sexy. and There's a montage of things that she has said that just just discredits every bit of her her testimony. I mean, you you can find it on the internet. I I just I mean, look, it's a definitely a, a, a the jury pool is democratic. This is Manhattan we're talking about here. They're pulling full, you know, I'm sure I wonder how many liberals are on that that jury. Well, look who the judge about. was too. The judge was a complete never trumper, which is why Donald Trump acted in defiance so much. He knew what this result was going to be. Everybody knew what this result was going to be. This was the trial from Animal House. You weren't going to get a fair shake. And we were just waiting on the number. And now we find out it's $83 million. Trump team said they're already planning to appeal. They think this number is ludicrous. All right, more legal stuff here. Leah Thomas, who, if you remember, that's the dude pretending to be a chick in swimming. Oh, yeah. He was a horrible, horrible uh, swimmer in college. Uh, in the men's he, division. In the men's division. But when he turned himself into a woman, he like broke all sorts of records. Right. When he's competing <laughs> against women... This dude's Michael Phelps, uh, 6'4", 200 pounds, big muscular build, competing against chicks like Riley Gaines, who are really good, sure. but at the same time, not biological men. So Leah Thomas is now suing because Leah wants to be allowed to compete as a woman uh, on the U.S. Olympics team okay. this upcoming summer. So legal stuff is now involved. There was a fascinating conversation on Fox earlier today. Now, Clay Travis was the guest, but Bill Hemmer, he was uh, the host of this interview. He makes a great point. Maybe, just maybe, if you allow this to happen at the Olympics, if we get this on a world stage, everybody can see how re-damn-diculous this really is. Uh, ESPN said that Leah Thomas was a women's athlete of the year. Uh, the University of Pennsylvania nominated Leah Thomas as a women's athlete of the year. Uh, everyone in sports, by and large, uh, who is in positions of authority and power has tried to countenance and encourage this from in the NCAA to ESPN mm -hmm. to the University of Pennsylvania. All of them, I think, have gotten it wrong. Maybe for those who agree with the opinion you just stated, Maybe this is what the world needs to see on a big stage like this. You know, an, a, an athlete of that physical ability just running laps literally around biological women. Maybe this is what it's going to take for the rest of the world to look at this and go, you guys are lunatics. Such a good point. I mean, this dude like went through puberty. <laughs> 
mean, they don't like he's he was already a man. That and picture of him standing next to Riley Gaines, it's so cringeworthy. Awkward. I mean, he's tucking junk. And this is a 6'4", 200-pound, muscular, collegiate athlete competing against women. <laughs> I mean, you have, like, uh, Navratilova, Martina Navratilova, who's a um, huge gay rights activist, legendary, iconic tennis player coming out against uh, men competing against women in sports. It's, it's it's not just us saying it is what I'm right. saying, right? And I'm curious what the rest of the world would say if their swimmers were getting embarrassed yes. in a pool by a biological man. It doesn't look like this is going anywhere. I don't think the in terms of the lawsuit. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, steroids in the Olympics is one thing. We've seen that pretty much every year, but this is a horse of a different color. This is a grown, big-ass dude competing against chicks. And this takes us to the story in Oregon, where the coach of a tennis team, women's tennis team, has resigned because he's starting to see dudes identifying as women, beating the hell out of women in sports, and he said, I'm out. Last night, uh, my wife and I resigned our uh, head coaching positions for varsity and JV girls tennis at our high school we were at. For the last 25 years, I've coached uh, varsity basketball, varsity tennis, coached in over 1,090 games, won 667 and lost 423. I've had a lot of success, but I finally reached the point where I had to resign last night because of boys playing girls tennis. And the reason we did is we're just not going to support boys playing girls sports. This is wrong on every level. These are not girls. They're boys saying they're a girl. They're playing a fall sport. Come back and play a girl sport and go back to playing a boy sport. All I have to do is change the paperwork in the district office. I'm not going to support it. I'm never going to lie to a kid. I think he kind of could have turned down the background music just a little bit, though. Like, it kept getting louder and louder. Like, whenever I do my hit with Rob and (laughs) Casey on their show, whenever Kevin wants me to shut up, he turns the music up so loud (laughs) that I can't even promote the show anymore. Are you really okay with me? Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty f***ing far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Okay! I have a feeling I already know the answer to this one, but I'm gonna lay it on you anyway. So last night, the first death row inmate executed by using nitrogen gas suffered a, quote, horrific execution. He's they, they, they fitted this guy with a gas mask, right? Okay. And it was pumped full, 100% nitrogen gas in the execution chamber at an Alabama prison. So the authorities had predicted, you know, unconsciousness within seconds and death within minutes, but instead it took Kenneth Eugene Smith 22 minutes to die, convulsing in his chair and tugging against his restraints for several minutes before losing consciousness. Are you okay with this style of execution and what happened? So, before I give you my answer, I have a question. Yes. Did the guy die? He's dead. Successful execution. So, yes, I am 100% okay with this. Um, Listen, don't threaten me with a good time when it comes to these scumbags. And I know all the bleeding hearts are going to go out there today and talk about how horrible this execution was. Let me tell you a little bit 
about this guy here. This guy was sentenced to death in 1996 for a murder-for-hire plan where he murdered a preacher's wife back in 1988. And he was only paid $1,000 to do it. And it was a bloody execution. He took a knife. He cut her in the neck. He cut her in the chest. Beat the crap stabbed out of her, her to death. Beat the hell out of her. And you're asking if I want to feel sympathy <laughs> that this guy was twitching in the gurney and gasping for breath? No. Because well, you know who else was gasping for breath? The preacher's wife back in 1988. Now, again, they, the authorities did not mean to make him suffer. They thought the you know using 100% full nitrogen gas, which is like the first time they've ever done this, would lead to a quick death. Obviously, it didn't. So this wasn't on purpose. And his wife, the uh, deceased's wife, was sitting there. She was wearing a T-shirt that read, Never Alone. She kept screaming out from the witness box. Oh, yeah, but, probably a pretty horrific thing to watch. But again, <laughs> again you know who else was probably screaming? The preacher's wife that you brutally murdered back yep. in 1988. So you're talking to the wrong dude here. If we're up to me, <laughs> I would have had that on television. I would have had it on pay-per-view. Pay-per-view, here I'm it is. glad he's dead. Pay-per-view executions, that's the big idea from uh, Hammer Industries there. Tell me, you wouldn't watch that dude if he's you know trying to jump I, I, out of I the gurney and yelling I, I, no i don't think i'd oh, see something like crap. that unless it was one of my family members probably not bull <laughs> i don't think i could watch crap. that all right a travel blogger says always check the irons in hotel rooms to make sure they're clean because more people than you'd think use them too Heat up leftover pizza. Are you okay with this? Not only am I okay with this, I'm in love with this because I had never even thought about that before. I'm not a big iron guy. My uh, wife no, will iron clothes once in a while. Yeah, I haven't done that forever. I'm not a real big iron guy. Um, but hearing that you can heat up leftover pizza with it, that's fantastic. That's a brilliant idea. So if you're in a hotel room and maybe you don't have a microwave in there, but you have an iron, now you're in business. <laughs> so if you've got leftover pizza the next day, you know, you just don't want to eat it cold, you can now turn the iron on and heat it up. Now correct me if I'm wrong here, Nige. Yeah. Isn't that how Michael Keaton was heating up grilled cheese sandwiches in Mr. Mom? Yes. Great reference. Absolutely. Love it. Are you okay with this? A viral video is going around of a woman, a beautiful woman, who was talking about how competitive she is even on a first date. Check this out here. I went on a date the other day. Um, he goes, I'm just like super competitive. And instantly that makes me competitive. And I go, yeah, me too. But I promise you're not as competitive as me. And I just look at him dead in the face and I go, do you want to hear about how I shit my pants in the sixth grade? <laughs> and he goes, excuse me. I go, I'm so competitive. I shit my pants in the sixth grade running the mile. So uh, then I go into the whole story about how I had the stomach flu the day before. I was actively shitting while running the mile um, because I needed to be named the fastest kid in sixth grade. I beat John Del Mastro running my ass off, hearing him from the background just huffing and puffing. Finally get to the finish line. I have to run past the entire school, the entire rest of my class just actively shitting myself and obviously can't walk to the nurse's office covered in shit. Uh, so I run butt naked across the school. I won. I won, though. That's all that matters. Did you really? But please come at me and tell me you're more competitive than me. You're literally not. Are you okay with this? <laughs> How do we hook her up with Matt Bear? 
I heard Tony a little bit today trying to match, you know, Matt Bear with another oh. listener. I'm telling you right now, this woman, this competitive woman, that is who can fix Matt Bear. I am all for this. I am here for this. And the thing is, you're right. She's really hot. Oh, she's gorgeous. So, but... like, does that take anything away? Like, I asked you this question the other day. If you had, like, Kate Upton or Jennifer Aniston, whoever you view as a dream weaver, yesterday the story was somebody had a seven-inch arm hair. Ooh. Would that be a deal-breaker for you? Uh, might be. I, I, it's hard to take my eyes off that. But what if they what told like... you about a time when they were much younger, yeah. back in middle school, yeah. crapping their pants, running the mile? <laughs> and then having to run naked to the uh, nurse's office at right. school? Would that be a deal-breaker? Nah, that wouldn't be a deal-breaker. You should see this chick. She's real hot. So explosive diarrhea we're cool with, uh, very but cool a with. long hair on their arm <laughs> nope. might as well put them in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Justin Timberlake released a new video for his single, Selfish. Uh, this is the first new music we've had from Justin Timberlake in like six or seven years, right? I think so. But Britney Spears fans, Justin's ex, right? Britney yes. Spears fans are sending her 2011 song of the same name. She also has a song named called Selfish. Uh, they're sending them up the... They're actually battling up the charts just to troll Justin. So I thought I'd put a quick mix here together. So if I get jealous, I can't help it. It's Justin Timberlake. I want every bit of you. You okay with the, uh, you know, both the songs being called Selfish and Britney's fans trolling Justin on this? So the question is, am I okay with this? If I answer I don't give a damn, does that <laughs> violate the whole point of this segment? But I, I just think it's funny that, uh, honestly, Britney Spears fans are... are are purposely buying her single Selfish from 2011, sending it up the charts right next to Justin Timberlake. And I can you know, appreciate that level that of petty. That, I really yeah. can. I can appreciate that level of petty. So JT's single is called Selfish. There's an old Britney Spears yes. song called Selfish. Yes. And not to be outdone, Chris Christie has released a song called Shellfish. <laughs> Looking forward to that climbing okay. up the charts. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. the Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. We won't waste any time. Let's get to the hotline and bring on Breitbart Washington Bureau Chief Matt Boyle. He's been covering Donald Trump in the race uh, for the GOP presidential nomination. Overall perspective, what have you seen unfold over the past couple of weeks? We have a record-breaking win in Iowa for Donald Trump. We have a double-digit win for uh, Donald Trump in New Hampshire. How do you see this unfolding? 
Yeah, look, I think that it's pretty clear that Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee for president. In 2024, uh, there is no pathway to the Republican nomination for anyone else. Uh, Everyone else except for one person seems to understand that and has gotten out of the race. Uh, Most of them have endorsed Donald Trump. I expect the rest of them to do so. Uh, The the question is, is what what the heck is Nikki Haley still doing in the race, right? Like, she doesn't – she's not going to win South Carolina. She's not going to win any of the Super Tuesday states. So what in the world? is she doing why is she still running um the 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 real answer to that i think is that uh she's getting uh, she's still got a lot of money to burn right she has all this money that she raised some of it from democrat donors some from republican donors uh that she hasn't burned through yet so she's just kind of out there lingering around still running a campaign that's meaningless but essentially she's emerged as the democrat party and joe biden's top surrogate for, for for the 2024 campaign against Donald Trump because her refusal to recognize reality down here on planet Earth, uh, it, 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 all it does is it prolongs the process that we all know is inevitable, which is that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee, and that keeps Trump from being able to take the steps necessary as the presumptive nominee for the Republican Party uh, to be able to unify the party and build out the fundraising and campaign structure and networks that, a nominee, that are afforded a nominee uh, in a presidential election uh, for another month or so if she continues this charade. So, so I think uh, it, whole- and it benefits the Democrats. I mean, like I've, I've said it, I think yeah. you've said it, she's a conduit for Joe Biden and the Democrats to basically attack Donald Trump and point out all his flaws uh, for the next couple of months. They're going to use everything she says and does in campaign ads for yep. Joe Biden yep. all year, right? Like over the next, everything she says and does over the next month, they're going to be turned into campaign ads. So it's just, she's got to knock it off. If she actually believes what she says, which is that she wants to get rid of Biden out of the White House and she wants to see a Republican president, well, the answer's clear, right? So look, I know Nikki, I went to her campaign launch when I interviewed her there. I've had her on my show. Uh, you know, I have disagreements with her, but uh, at the same time, there was a, there's a difference between what she was doing before Iowa and New Hampshire and what she's doing now. And what she's doing now is only empowering the Democrats. There's a reason why Liz Cheney, of all people, came out the other night and came out and backed her and said that she hopes she stays in as long as possible. There's a reason why Adam Kinsinger donated to her campaign. He <laughs> yeah. made that very clear publicly. He gave her 250 bucks. Right. So what are they doing? Why are they doing it? They view it as a vehicle to try to hurt Trump and extract as much as they can out of him in the process. So Nikki and her donors need to get together and recognize that she doesn't have a pathway to the requisite number of delegates to win the Republican nomination. And the smart thing to do and the good thing and the right thing to do for America is to end her campaign, drop out, endorse Donald Trump and get on with the show of defeating Joe Biden in November. Matt, Jason Hammer here, and i got to be honest, my expectations for anything positive coming out of Ronna McDaniel are very low, but she did come out the other day and basically say, hey, it's time to pack it up and pack it in. This is a one-person race. Were you surprised that the head of the RNC said, you know what, this really is a one-person race, and maybe it's time for Nikki to bounce out? 
Well, I'm kind of shocked she actually said it, but um, she's not wrong, right? Like, so right. That's what sh- that's what that, surprised me. Yeah, this was something that was the right thing to, to do. <laughs> yeah, it took guts for her to go out there and do the right thing. So good for her. But the fact is, is that you know we don't need the RNC to tell us who the nominee is. All she's doing is looking at the same numbers that I'm looking at, that you're looking at, that Donald Trump's looking at, that Nikki Haley should be looking at, and clearly isn't because Nikki Haley. I mean, look, it, it makes me think that Trump was onto something when he called her bird brain. <laughs> Like up in the clouds, yeah. right? Like she's not on touch with the reality down here on planet Earth, right? Like she's she's in some you know space cadet uh, place. Like it doesn't make sense. Like it would be one thing. Like I said, it's one thing that she decided to run through Iowa. Okay, fine. It, she decided to run through New Hampshire. That was the state where she was supposed to do well in. She got beat by double digits in both places, even more so in Iowa than in New Hampshire, but still by double digits in New Hampshire. It was a blowout, right? Like, so it's a landslide election victory for President Trump. Um, the, the, so, okay, the, the question that every campaign needs to ask themselves as the process plays itself out is do they have a pathway forward? Ron DeSantis, I have plenty of disagreements with him in his campaign. Um, I think he's been a good governor. I think he was a horrendous this candidate for president did the right thing, right? Like he assessed the situation after I was like, okay, I'm not going to make it here. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to get out of the race. I'm going to endorse Trump. And he did, right? And he's still criticizing Trump out there. That is what it is. I'm sure the two of them will figure it out eventually. But the fact is, is that Nikki just hasn't gone through the logical step of going through, do you have a path to the nomination? She so what's she really doing? I think she's just burning through the rest of her campaign money, right? Like, and clearly more Democrats are stepping into yep. to give her money. I mean, where do you think all that grassroots cash is coming from, right? Like, it's coming from the Democrat donors. I'm sure the indivisible people out there on the left are, are telling everybody to go donate to Nikki to keep her alive as long as possible, right? Because they, they, they view it as a new oh, yeah. Uh Breitbart, Washington Bureau Chief Matt Boyle here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. One of the other narratives I'm seeing in corporate mainstream media, and I, even hearing it from Nikki Haley, is... Donald Trump's mental health. I know you and uh, Breitbart editor-in-chief Alex Marlowe spent a significant amount of time with Donald Trump down in Mar-a-Lago a few weeks ago. Uh, anything to those stories about Trump's health and slurring words and dragging his leg no. and stuff like that? No, no, no. Donald Trump still has his fastball. He can hit the ball as far as he ever hit it before. Uh, like this guy, this narrative is total nonsense. It's the Democrats trying to. By the way, have you noticed that Joe Biden's been saying the same thing? The Biden campaign have been saying the same thing as Nikki Haley. It seems like they're on message, doesn't it? Right. Yes. Like, at the very least, right? They're co- clearly coordinating. But the fact is, is that no, the, 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 there's nothing to it, and the American people can see through it. You see it when President Trump goes up and gives speeches. He goes up there and gives speeches for hours. Right. Like, and, you know, I mean, his average speech length is probably like 75 minutes. Right. Like, do you can I, can, I couldn't give a 75 no minute speech. I'm 36 yeah. years old. Right. Like, I don't know anybody out there that could do it. I mean, it's such a uh, a, a nonsensical, farcical lie uh, where the, they're trying to cover up that uh, the real problems, very real problems with Joe Biden. And uh, the fact that Nikki Haley is again parroting Joe Biden's talking points from the Democrats and the the Democrat campaign uh, is just more proof of, uh, again, that this doesn't have any legs and that this is all about trying to stop Trump and hurt Trump. So one would hope that she comes to her senses and does the right thing and uh, assesses where things are at. And I think she might do that before the end of January. We'll see. I hope so, uh, because I have hope for a lot of 
a, a lot of these folks. And I think that they all kind of brought something interesting to the race, right? Like, I do think Nikki brought some interesting stuff to the race. I think that Ron DeSantis did. I think that Vivek Ramaswamy did. I think that Tim Scott did. Mike Pence even did, right? Like, so they all kind of brought something different, to, except for Chris Christie. He didn't bring anything no, no, for no. a bag of extra donuts, <laughs> right? Like, but, the, but, the, but the point is, is that they, they, you know, look, it was a healthy process that we went through here, but the process is over. We know, we know that there is no pathway to the requisite number of delegates. I think it's around 1,200 or 1,100 and something, right? Like uh, that, uh, that you need to win the nomination. The only person that has a pathway to that is Donald Trump. So it's that simple. Time to pack it up and call it a day. And let's focus on the general because we have a country to save. Breitbart News, Washington Bureau Chief Matt Boyle with us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. So, Matt, if this thing is done, and I think we all agree this primary is done, it's going to be Donald Trump. What would you like to see from the Trump campaign? Because one of the complaints that I hear, and I even saw Nikki Haley talking about this on uh, television this morning, is that Trump says a lot of things, but there's not a lot of details to go along with it. How are you going to stop this war between Russia and Ukraine so quickly? How are you going to fix these problems that you say you can fix? Should there be a little bit more detail uh, in the Trump campaign? Well, look, I, I would disagree with Nikki's framing of that, right? Like, in her saying that Trump uh, hasn't given out a lot of details. He has, right? Like, if you listen to his speeches, you watch his interviews. Uh, I've talked to President Trump at length uh, many times during this campaign. I think I've interviewed him five or six times since he announced his campaign. And the, um, uh, the, the, the fact is, is that each one of them, uh, we get very deep into policy and things that he actually intends to do uh, when he returns to the White House. But the fact is, is that, um, you know, I would agree that talking about policy is the way to win. I mean, people want to see these problems solved. They want to know how are you going to stop the crisis at the border. They want to know how are you going to stop the wars around the world. They want to know how are you going to get the spending out of, uh, under control. Uh, they want to know what you're going to do about crime, right? Like, I hear that a lot, right? Like, they want to know what are you going to do about the weaponization of government? And how are you going to rein that stuff in? What are you going to do about the deep state? Right? Like, all of these things, they want to see actual action, right? Like, people are done with words. They want action. And, uh, yeah, I would just say that Trump should continue doing that, and he should he should probably go on a tour and go give a series of speeches on things like Made in America, right? Like, how is he going to bring back jobs to America from around the world? Joe Biden has totally screwed this up. This is one of the things I talked to him about in our latest interview uh, with President Trump at Mar-a-Lago a few weeks ago. Um, but the, uh, the fact is, is that, I mean, he should double down on that, and he should go out there and lay that out. But I do think he he is running a very policy-focused campaign. That's why he's winning, right? Like, he, he identified it in his victory speech in New Hampshire, where he talked about the exit polls showing that the top two issues are, again, immigration and the economy. Those are his major issues of his campaign. So continuing to zone in on that stuff is important. So continuing to talk about solutions and laying out what you will do as president, rather than running a grievance campaign, uh, is the way forward. Breitbart News, Washington Bureau Chief Matt Boyle. Find his work Breitbart.com and, and real quick mention your weekly uh, Saturday radio show yes yeah, Saturday mornings 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on Sirius XM 125 the Patriot Channel show name is Breitbart New Saturday we're live there and we take calls and it's exciting so uh, tune in call in we want uh, we love talking to everybody epic as always Matt Boyle thank you have a great weekend yep thanks guys right now Hammer and Nigel present uh, beer sample fry yeah! 
I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. Brought to you by our friends at Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. My name is Nigel Hammers here. Look who joins us here live in studio. A regular fill-in host here on 93 WIBC, Brad Kloppenstein. How are you, sir? Great. Nigel Hammer, great to see you. Th- thanks for br- inviting me in to drink some beers with you today. Well, he he offered. Yes. I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> like, you're the know, MVP of this room here. You're the hero. <laughs> yeah, and he was a real hero over the holidays when I was sick. He had to fill in for me last minute when he came in. So, uh, really appreciate that. How you doing? I'm doing, good, man. man. I hope you don't mind. I was drunk when I filled in. <laughs> I, I, Have you met nothing. us? Yeah. Yeah. Do you even know who we are? <laughs> All right, well, it's what, not often what, I'm the soberest guy in the room. <laughs> what do you got for us? Uh, got for today, us? we are going way old school. Black Label Beer. Black Dude, that's Label. like you know, grandpa's grandpa's beer, man. So I, wow. so Where I do you bootle- get this? I, I bootleg this in. They don't even sell it in Indiana anymore. And I don't remember. I think I got it down in Cincinnati. So, bootleg. I mean, is this from Canada originally? Well, it was Carlings was a Canadian brewery, but uh, they were brewed. Heck, I think even oh, up in like South oh, that's delicious. Justin Cheers. Trudeau's gonna break your legs. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Mm. So this was the beer that Monarch Beverage was founded on. This no is kidding. So yeah. good. Giant beer distributor here yeah. in Indy. Um, we got about forty-five seconds left. You kind of have an event tonight. You have I your do. own beer. So, What's yeah, going I on? I own Alpsbrow beer. And, Say it again. Um, we're just doing a, a meet the brewer. Alpsbrow. Alpsbrow Brewer. Uh, so I'm going to be out at Denver's Pizza and Brews in Fortville tonight from 6.30 to 8.30. That place is so good. I love it. I've had their pizza before. It's amazing. Yep. So we're going to be drinking some Alpsbrow. be giving away some doodads. My, and, brother, uh, my brother wanted to know, where can, can you get Alpsbrow anywhere? Uh, you can, Certainly you can get it at Total Wine & More. It's available at a lot of bars, especially on the northeast side. So ask for it by name. And then Alpsbrow.com has a beer finder that'll tell you where to get it. This is awesome. One more time. Cheers to the weekend, yeah. everybody. Black Thank label. you, Flop. Beer Sample Friday. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.